keep it basement with the Sweens podcast, YouTube page, you name it, social media at Keep It Basement on Instagram, at The Sweens on Instagram. Also, can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher, YouTube, literally anywhere you can get podcasts, SoundCloud, you name it. Uh, tonight's guest is a special guest, a friend. Um, I know there's going to be a lot of new listeners from this episode in the real estate field, also family and friends and people who uh, know Justin. Shout out to Justin. Justin D. Don't want to butcher his last name. Uh, usually it's a c- common joke on the podcast when we have a guest on and I don't know someone's last name or uh, their name or just the word in general. I pronounce it wrong like Ebony. Um, it's Ebony. But just an example of my bad pronunciation skills. But yeah, tonight's guest is Justin and he's a real estate guy. But before we get into that, just want to talk a little about the Basin Podcast. Cube Basin Podcast, I've got some comedians who are like, why the hell do you interview these entrepreneur guys or people about finance? And I got range, baby. I just like switching it up and interviewing people who are passionate about what they do or like what they do and are successful in it. And also if they're cool with me. I mean, like someone in my family said, there's an ass for every seat. You could look at one of my interviews and like it. You could look at another one and maybe you're not your favorite. I mean, there's just different for everybody. Um, but yeah, I interview comedians, adult entertainers, entrepreneurs, investors, athletes, UFC fighters, uh, New York Times bestsellers, interviewers, media personalities, uh, radio personalities. Literally, um, just anyone I have a uh, you know genuine interest in, or someone that could teach me something, or someone who could teach my audience something. And I just don't want to put myself in a box where people are like, "Oh, I, I don't want to do an interview with him. He interviews porn stars, so we can't do an interview with him. It won't uh, be great for my brand, or it won't be a good look." And and in, in reality, I can interview anyone. Like I look up to people like Howard Stern and Oprah, Charlemagne, Steve Harvey. I mean, anyone really who's good at what they do and who's a comedian in a way as well who can make people laugh, but at the same time can do a serious interview. And that's what some of my series are about, especially during this quarantine time where I'm going to get some people on in the healthcare healthcare professions, uh, doctors, nurses, um, and everyone really. And so it's good to have a change of taste and different people on and different perspectives. Um, I've been interviewing entrepreneurs. I've been doing some events with entrepreneurs. And so I'm getting into the realm of different things because I think it's important for that creator, creator, financial guy, investor relationship. It's important for the business people to create and it's important for the business people to connect with these creators. And that's what it's all about here. I mean, if anyone could get anything in this episode, it'd be great connection. You know, you could reach out to Justin or maybe he could learn about you and you guys could connect over time. And that's what it's about. It's about creating networks and creating relationships. And uh, that's what Cubasin Podcast is, along with obviously some entertainment and some adult content and other things. But that's for you to choose and pick. Uh, shout out to the YouTube doing well during the quarantine, averaging around fifty-five to 75,000 views per month, mainly on the porn interviews. Uh, no one wants to see my face, it seems like. They just want to see the porn stars and me ask stupid questions to them. Just kidding. They're good questions. But uh, a little bit up tonight's guest is Justin Donorama. He's going to get mad if I don't uh, say his name right. Don't know if I did or not. But he's a real estate investor, realtor, licensed contractor, property manager, flipper, and he's been in the residential real estate game for nine years. And feel sorry for him because he's an avid Mets and Jets fan. Not good. Not bad. Not good. Not good winning teams. I understand it. You don't want to watch sports. Well, you can't watch sports now anyway. But if you did, you'd rather flip houses. I get it. Just kidding. But um, he was just saying pretty much in this episode that, you know, the main point that he was getting across to me, it seemed like, was, you know, having money is fun and all, but being free is even better to be able to spend time with his family and kids. Well, kid, but maybe future kids on the way. I don't know. Sorry, Al. But, uh, yeah, he talks about, you know, just betting on yourself, taking calculated risks and having big kahunis. Ladies can have them, too. Don't worry. Like women could have big balls, like not physically, but mentally. It's like a like a mental thing, you know. They could take risks and, you know, be confident in who they are. 
And he was just talking about how he's tired of the rat race in New York City, you know, commuting to the job, seeing all the rats at work. Not snitches, but like the rat race. You know what it is. Like the movie Rat Race. But yeah, he just talks about, you know, creators. I think this is good for creators as well because he talks about working the nine to five and doing your side hustle at night or whenever you're free. And that's the same thing with creators. Like comedians a lot will work uh, city jobs nine to five and then go to do their passion at night and stand up comedy. So you guys can relate with that. And also just people can relate because whoever want to get into flipping houses and real estate, you see it a bunch on social media. And uh, there's all these guys out there saying they're flippers and stuff like that. But this guy's the real deal, Justin, because I see no proof. And uh, yeah, just talking also about coping with stress during the quarantine and the coronavirus and everything that's you know brought that with you know new hobbies, uh, learning more about real estate, taking the time to focus on social media, and just you know he gives good advice for creators and people too and entertainers just create content and just you know work on your craft double down on what you're good at and also we get into time management and then also the main point was i really wanted to interview him actually because we've been talking communicating through text message and snapchat over this quarantine and you get to know people better during times when you're, you're just you're working home from the day and stuff like that you get to talk more with people and he's a genuine good guy it's like you, you think of him as the shrewd business guy because he's really good in business but at the same time he has empathy and he helps people out so i like the combination and it's good getting to know him uh, not to get sentimental, sorry, Justin. But he's business savvy, but he also has empathy. And, and you see it a lot of the times. A lot of these guys lack empathy, and they're just dicks. And you could see Justin's a real good dude, gives back to the community, tries to help people out, wants to help friends out, wants people to succeed. He's telling you in this podcast that it's very easy that people can do it and just got to learn the steps and just tr- take risk and try and not overthink it, but have a plan as well. But go out there and uh, take action on what you want to do. And that's it, baby. Keep it basement. Check this interview out. This is the Sweens, and we got Justin Donnarama or Donnarumma. Um, either or. I feel like anyone can mess that up. But yeah, shout out to him and keep it basement. Listen to this episode. It's a good episode, guys. Seriously. Check this out. Oh, yeah. Also, before we get into it, his social medias is uh, Ramapo Property Group and also jdonna13 on Instagram. You can find him on Instagram. And also, I'll leave more information like his email and stuff like that in the bio of this episode. And you can reach out to him on Instagram or send him a DM if you're interested. And keep it based on fans. More content on the way during the quarantine. You can check out the YouTube. You can check out the podcast, everything. You can go look at old episodes as well. And we got new guests coming. Shout out to comedians during these hard times. I feel you, fam. Uh, put out that content. Also, we'll do some stuff down the road as well. Some IG lives, some YouTube stuff, some podcasts, some Zoom podcasts, and more. We're getting some more guests on this week and also upcoming. Got a lot coming. Keep it basement. Times is tough, but do work and be productive and also be positive. This might be a rare episode. This is one where I don't think I curse too much or at all. This is like a rated G version. Wow. I'm not soft. I'm just kidding. But yes, keep it basement. Okay, I'll shut up. Here it is. Oh, yeah. His name is Justin Donna Ruma. Justin Donna Ruma, in case I did butcher that during this recording of the pre-audio of the podcast. His name is Justin Donna Ruma. It's always something. Someone's always calling me, whether it's like personal stuff. I'm like, because I always try to like, especially during this time, like I try to stay in touch with all my friends, like my one friend, uh, like if they're having any kind of money problems or if they're got laid off or whatever it is, like I'm just trying to help wherever I can. Yeah, yeah. I feel like people don't know what to do. And I have a pretty decent like financial head on myself to know how to like weather storms and like make sure that doesn't happen again. Cause like I'm at a position right now where like we're okay, more than okay, but it's because I've set myself up for these last, you know, six, seven years 
to be okay. Like I can weather pretty much any financial storm at this point. How do you uh, balance your life? Like people texting you, hitting you up all the time, family, work, and then hustle, side hustles, trying yeah. to make a full-time hustle. Yeah, it's, it's tough actually. So actually one of my questions. Yeah. So this watch right here has actually been a absolute game changer for me. Um, <clears throat> which is, so this is a Samsung watch. And when I was going to work, you know, so for anyone listening, like I, you know, we'll go into it at some point, but like I had that job in the city where I then come home, I get home around six o'clock for the most part. And then like, that's time for me, my daughter and my wife. Right. So like, I usually put my phone down, um, at right, right when I get in. Um, and I don't, that's it. Like, unless I can see everything. So my phone's on the countertop and like, I dedicate like three hours to the two of them when I get home and like, I know what's coming in because of this. So if this thing, anything that comes in, you know, I'll see a Snapchat. Okay. That's not important. I don't need to answer that right now. Um, I see a text. Okay. Yeah. That's just my mom. She wants something. I'll talk to her at nine o'clock or, um, that this is a business call. Like it's important. Then I'll go get my phone. Right. So this has been like really good for me to separate family time, which is why are we living in the world? If you, that's like the most important thing, family's number one and then business and everything else is, is, is below it. Um, but actually another really great thing that keeps me really organized is the way that you were talking about yes uh, before was the, uh, the I message yeah. thing. I do all my text messaging during between like eight o'clock in the morning. And when I, when I leave my computer all on the computer, so like I had, it's almost like, it's almost like a, like a chat, but it's through yeah. text. So like everyone's getting it as a text message, but I do it all on the computer so I can wheel and deal like 25 X faster than someone on their, on their phone with their, just on their phone typing. So like, that's how I keep everything on track. Um, and I'm just a very, very, very scheduled person personally and professionally. Everything is in a calendar. If I have to go get a propane tank, I put it in the calendar because I will, I have too much stuff going on in my head that I need to write every single thing down. And sure. It's not because I don't have a good memory. It's just because I want to make sure that I'm getting to everything that I do professionally and personally. Um, so it's, you know, I don't put time in like spend time with my daughter from this time, to this time that I don't do that, yeah. but anything that's like somewhat important, make a call to this person. Like everything's in my calendar. So I, I prioritize everything through my calendar. Well, is it, it's a virtual calendar and well, like, what is it? Yeah. Google. Do you, are you like, all right, this is my purpose in life to be this or whatever. It, if this is like the goal, then I'll, then I'll do it in my day. Is it something like that? Or is it more or less like just structured in a, in a different way? Yeah, it's no, I don't have that type of goal. I, I actually, the last year or so have started to figure out what my hourly rate is in life based on like how much money do I make per hour? Um, and like, for example, before the quarantine, I was actually, this is a really silly example, but I was going to get a landscaper this year because it, although it only takes me about an hour to mow my lawn, I'd rather spend an hour with my daughter mm -hmm. than do an hour cutting the lawn. And that's kind of what I've, you know, cause the, the ROI and the, the hourly rate for me to pay somebody to do my lawn is less than what I make. So that's kind of how I started to do things moving like in all business, personal, everything is like, all right, is that actually worth my time? Yeah. Nope. I'd rather, I'd rather literally just sit and watch TV font maybe with my wife, than you know, worry about having to go do X, Y, Z. Now obviously the quarantine has made it a lot easier because I have too much time and no one wants me around anymore because I'm annoying. That's funny. Um, but before that it was, I, I, I always looked at everything almost like an hourly perspective. 
when it didn't come to family. I forgot. I interviewed someone. They were like, if it's not an eight in your life, like rated at one to 10, then it's not important to you. But like, what am I going to go around rating things? Like it's a girl at a bar or mm-hmm. something. You know what I mean? I mean, there's just sometimes you got to do things. Like there's some yeah, things exactly. that like, you, know, you just got to do it. You got to do things you don't like to get where yeah. you want to be. And like, you're not going to, you're not going to, you can't pay everybody to do everything. You know, like, and there's some things that are important. Like if you have to drive your parents somewhere, that's important. Yeah. You can go hire someone else to do that, but like, it's important for you to go and sit with them at a doctor's appointment. If they're like sick, they don't want, yeah, it's not, they can get dropped off, but like they want you there. And that's not any money that there's no value in that money wise. Oh yeah. I got a good value question, but we never even did an introduction. We just started talking because it was just so genuine by the way. And we, I kind of just asked you a question. But yeah. we have a basement here. We know each other. Version with uh, Justin. You're supposed to say your last name. Uh, I, don't to, I don't want to ruin it. It's funny, though. This is good comedy. Damn. All right, man. My name is Justin Donnarumma. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Uh, everyone talked to you. Just said, you just said the word value, which is used so frequently, like on Instagram, Gary Vee, celebrities. I go to these entrepreneur things everywhere, just radio. Everyone talks about value and providing value. What does it mean to you bringing value? Because I think – like I think of value like an energy currency, not necessarily like a dollar sign. And it could be different for everyone though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, I guess value kind of reminds you of like purpose. Like why are, why are we here? Why do we do what we do? Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, like what I've really noticed is I really, really enjoy. And I think that's why like a lot of these other famous people do these podcasts and they get, they kind of get maybe too big time. But why I like is because I genuinely like, uh, watching other people do well that like that are tr- that try and they, they earned it right like I don't like someone who's gonna just like you know mooch off somebody and just like wants 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 but if someone actually tries I like to help them financially like I get a thrill out of helping somebody budget or uh, teaching somebody how to do like you know uh, real estate 101 right and these are the kind of things so like the last couple of ye- like maybe the last year or so what I've been doing is I've actually been helping people like I've kind of pivoted myself as so I'm a realtor for the last year and a half. I only really got the license for myself so I can buy houses and sell houses on my own. Yeah, I was going to say, tell the people what you do exactly. Yeah, sure. Um, so anything in residential real estate is, is, is my, you know, I guess forte, right? So um, I'm, a, I'm a realtor that I got my license last, uh, last December or two Decembers ago. Um, I'm a licensed general contractor. Um, a licensed property manager and um, my partner and I flip homes um, and I also have a, 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 a small portfolio but a decent sized portfolio of multifamily houses um, so like what my angle has been recently is like helping people who want to start getting into real estate and like buying these multifamilies I've been helping them through the process because a lot of realtors are you know like Mary Jane uh, John Smith who were just like they sell you only homes in one town. They know nothing but the one town that they work in. But for me, like I can help analyze deals for you and show you, we can go into a house and I can say, okay, this house only needs $10,000 worth of work to start. You can do this, this, and this. Here's my network. You can use my lawyer. You can use my broker. You can, I can help you with this. So I can kind of go over all the guidelines of how much a house will cost and what, how much money you can make. Like, and that's a skill that sadly most realtors actually can't do because they don't do many of them. So like I can help you because I've done these deals and I didn't get a license to sell real estate. I got a license to buy for myself. And now like some of these other deals have just been trickling in that I can help with. So that's like where I can provide value because I like helping people who want it make money and do well financially so they can be, you know, free to do whatever they really like to do. 
you know, which, you know, is, could be whatever, you know, whatever they want. Why, like, why did you want to start it though? Like, did you have a passion in this or is it like more of financial gain or is it a combination of both? Like having financial security is important in life, but at the same time, is there like, I guess it seems like to me, you're finding your passion is to help people do what you want to do and be financially free. So I wouldn't say like, that's my, my passion. I don't want to want to sound like a mother Teresa, but no, no, yeah, no. My, my passion isn't to help people. And I'm this like this wonderful man who can help everybody. Like, that's not what it is. That just comes with the territory. Like people who I'm close with, I want people who I like and who want it. I'm not going to just go randomly help some guy down the street, but like people that I know, friends of friends, you know, again, uh, anybody, like anyone that I kind of have any personal touch with, I want to help out. But I do this because from a really early age, like I remember this one sentence that my accounting teacher told me in high school was like, you want to let your money make your money for you. And the only way you do that is again, you can do stocks, you can do all this stuff. But like, again, I do, I do a lot of stock stuff. It's not really fun for me to be honest, but I do it. Um, but the reason why you do real estate is it's pretty simple. You buy this house, you let people live in it. And I'm very good at like managing people. I'd manage people at a tech company for five years. You know, I, I can pretty much have a conversation with anybody and I can be very direct, which is, you know, kind of tough for some people in the, in the landlord game. Like they don't, they're kind of scared to do that. Um, but I just want to be able to have more time with my, my kid now, my future kids, whoever it is. I just want to be around my family, my friends more. And the only way to do that is by having these passive incomes that like right today I made money. I'm sitting on this couch talking to you. I'm making money for my real estate and I, I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting here. That's what 50 Cent said. He said that like music money wasn't it. Like you have to tour and go and sell merch. He's like TV money or stock money. When I'm sitting on my couch watching the show Power, I'm making money on it. He's like, that's the true definition of success. And that's, that's pretty wild. And like even uh, the rapper Russ was saying that a lot of these rappers talk like they're all these, they're loaded and have financial success when they really don't because they're out here working for their money. And he's making money uh, in a quarantine from his catalog of music, like a lot of money. And, and he kind of like shitted on the, the worker in a way, but he didn't mean, mean, but he was direct about it. And he was like, listen, you got to have money. Like I was broke. I was a waiter uh, rapping. I made it. And now I make my own money on my own terms without having to do anything. There's nothing wrong with making a living. I just, I want to retire like when I'm 45 or 50. I don't want to like, until you go into the city every single day, your whole life, you don't realize what like, and you obviously the, the term rat race is like really popular, right? Yeah. Walk through, like I've, I've taken the bus to Port Authority. I've gone through to Penn Station for many, many years. Look, just look out and see you are literally a rat in a, in a, in a, in a, um, a wheel watching everybody just mingle and mix and and walk around i don't i don't want to do that forever so like being out at two o'clock in the afternoon checking on houses is a unbelievable life compared to having to sit at a desk all day long we're not made to be sitting at a desk yeah i look at you though some people can't manage themselves you said you're good at managing people managing your time like there's a lot of people out there who aren't good at that and like they got to play to their strengths so i feel that too but i don't i'm not a huge fan of working the nine to five rat race type situation either but so at the end of the day, is it basically you got to bet on yourself? Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's anything though, right? Even a lot something. of people don't do that though. They don't have confidence. They're insecure about something or, you know, it's, it's a tough thing. And, then, and what I'll tell those people is that's why you work in the corporate world. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. totally fine. You know, like there's nothing wrong with that. You can make a lot more money than I'll ever make in some corporate jobs. Right. And that's fine. But if you're not secure with yourself and you don't want to do it, that's why you work for a company. You get your benefits. You get your nice 6% 401k, none, none of it's wrong, but then just expect you're going to be working till you're 66 years old, 67, 
and that's all well and good. I don't care. That's what makes you happy. But just know that that's just, that's just not the life that I want. So, you know, there's job, like go ahead and do it. Nothing wrong with it. Coming home at five o'clock and then watching TV for the next three hours. That's fine. That's just not what I want to do. And this quarantine's interesting too, because it shows that you had to bet on yourself too. Like, look at like the Joe Rogans or the comedians who are really famous, but then there's that middle pack that are struggling. And it's like, oh shit, maybe I should have took that job with the benefits and the nine to five during a quarantine. But a lot at the same time, a lot of people are getting laid off in unemployment, you know? But there's a lot of people I know who are bartenders, waiters, following that dream of being a comedian or something in entertainment. And now they're like out of all pay because you can't travel to make money on your gigs and you can't work at a bar right now. Well, I would say- like, how does the average Joe get started pretty much in doing this? Because I feel like you have to have money to make money. You know what I'm saying? Like in what you're doing, like what are the game plans that you, like, like some I, steps that you started with early on? Yeah. So I would say I only agree to that statement. That's a statement that a lot of people make. I, I only agree with it to a very, very small extent. You need to have yeah. some money. And I, and I don't know if you want to just talk just real estate. Cause like, that's the example that I would have. Oh, whatever, whatever. Like I'm, I'm, in t I'm talking about, yeah, whatever, real estate. Okay. Whatever so, you want. so in real estate specifically, you need to have enough money to buy one house. Once you buy one house, you are now you have almost have no excuse. As long as you, you know, you, as long as you didn't get like totally killed by something, you know, like you bought it the day of like the 2007 recession, then that's a different ballgame. But if you just bought it a normal house in 2012 or 2014. You have no excuse after you buy that first house that you can't keep rolling, right? Because once you have that first asset, so you do need that money, right? So you do need some type of job, you know, again, for, if you're just uh, a waitress that wasn't making much, well, that's then maybe get two waitress jobs until you have enough money or, you know, like some, you know, in our area, like some of these waitress and bartenders make a lot of money and cash, like they can, they can kind of afford to do this stuff. It's just what they do with that money. So if you only put it to the side and you bought your first house, whether it's an investment property or your own house, a townhouse, whatever it is, you can then, and what was a game changer for me is you pull out what they call a, a home equity line of credit. Gotcha. And that equity line of credit on my, so I bought a two family house was my first house I bought. I lived in it for a couple of years. I moved it to Colorado for a couple of years. I rented that out. Um, and that was fine. Then I saved up another amount of money to buy the house that I live in now with my family. I then pulled out a home equity line of credit out of that house. Ever since I did that, my business life has completely changed. I, it's technically, yes, it's my money and yes, technically it's my debt, but I use that line of credit and I'm not going to obviously go through how much it is obviously, but I took that line of credit and I bought, I've now used that line of credit so often that I bought two full, I did three full flips with it, buying it and financing it. And I bought th uh, three multifamily properties because of that money. That's crazy. And it's funny because a lot of people don't know your story. Like it's people in the real estate game do, but not out like out here on social media. You're not a big component of social media. Not that you hate it, but you don't use it as much. And yeah. a lot of people were telling me that it, it does help increase sales and everything like that. What do you think about social media exactly? Again, I think it's a necessary evil. I just, you know, I don't like net social media for the aspect of you only show your best things, right? It's so a highlight reel. Yeah. Like uh, what uh, you think I'm going to post on, I'm going to post on, and listen, I do have Instagram. I got Facebook. I have a business page for my Instagram that, um, that we run, but like, you think I'm going to show when I, uh, on a house, if I lost $20,000 on a house, I'm going to show that house. I'm not proud of that. So like, it's kind of a fagazi thing, but at the same time, like I understand there is needed because we have gotten business because of it. Like, you know, you see our G, you know, you see that we built a deck. I post it on there. You see that I have, you know, 
uh, 10 Google reviews that are all five plus star ratings because I give good service, you know, those things are important, right? But I don't think I need to like always post an Instagram story because like what the same 200 people, you can hashtag a million different things like, okay, but like, is that going to really drive a business? But at the same time, I really use social media as almost like a diary where I can say, Hey, listen, a homeowner, you want a new roofing or siding job? Well, here, why don't you take a look at my phone, follow me on Instagram. You can see all the work that we're doing. So you know that I'm like a legit, it's more for legitimacy and yeah, exactly. industry, not like that. Like I think someone's better or worse, but like, it's just there. So you have a collage of pictures and you can see what I'm doing. So you know that I'm a legitimate business. I'm not just like this guy, uh, like just fly by night kind of person. Yeah. There's this quote though. It's like you inspire people. You don't even realize like, for instance, if you were talking about like how to make it and like, you're not famous, you're not a celebrity and you're doing well in the real estate industry you like could show the average guy that who's like trying to make a break. Like, should I do this full-time job? Should I get into real estate? Should I try these side hustles? You could like show them like it's proof you can. So I feel like maybe you would inspire someone in Detroit. You would never know. And they would hit you up for advice and you network and create and all these networks. Cause I see yeah. it happening in other fields. Yeah. And, and that, I think like that one might be like maybe more for my personal one. Right. I can yeah. maybe turn that in. Cause the other one is strictly just for like general contracting and you can see the work that we're doing. Um, but yeah, you're right. That's, Again, it's not anything that I'm against doing, but it's just it's it's not like my first reaction to go out and brag about something. And yeah, yeah, yeah. said the highlight reel is, you know, it's just not my first instinct. I'd rather put a post a picture of my like cute daughter. You you losing twenty thousand dollars is so vulnerable and real though that it, that could actually be like inspiring to people. That hey, listen, you yeah. don't always win them. You, you get some losses too, et cetera. Yeah, you no, make I, it like real, you know. But yeah. it's tough to be vulnerable completely. And so far, like I've, I have made a lot better choices than made mistakes. So I think I'm, I'm up overall, but, um, yeah, no, you can, but like that just because like I show a picture, the house could still look beautiful. I can still do a great job, but like I lost money on it. It's possible, right? You try not to, you try to be conservative as possible. Gary V basically said anyone could be a hustler and work hard. You don't have to be the smartest person, but do you think there's a, there, that's true. And like, like, do you, did you ever feel a time when you had that momentum? Like, I don't know, you, maybe you do now, or like you was positively moving in a good direction where you were able to like keep like winning on these certain things. Like I go, okay, okay, shit's getting serious now. Now I know my time now, now I'm working on it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I always have like some type of plan. Um, and again, without going into like timelines of things, like I, like I said, I work a full-time job um, in the city. I'm, I'm in sales. Wow. Um, and I, it's not that I don't care about that job. I do like that job. It pays, it's a really steady, good, really good job where I do pretty well at it. Um, but again, it's not a passion. Um, I'm, I guess, living proof that you can, if you can maximize your time and stay really organized, you can work a full-time job and you can do your passion and your side hustle. I've now gone to the point where I've, I've been rolling so much that I'm at the, the, the peak and we talk about the quarantine, right? This coronavirus. Yeah, we got to get into that. Yeah. I'm at this peak right now where I'm not too far off. I'm doing my passion full-time as my full-time job. I'm just in that stage where it's like, and it's, of course, it's the same time that like, you know, we have kids, uh, we have houses and like, I have other, like, you know, I'm in the middle of my earning years, right. For the most part. But at the same time, like, I know that I'm, I'm teetering. So it's like, I'm going to end up taking a pay cut the first year or so because I, I'm obviously not going to have this whole other income, but just have to make that leap at some point. You got to make the jump, right? You're a guy who's about action. Like you're more action than you are talk, like less talk, more action type thing. But like having a goal and plan, is it necessary you think for certain things like having the long-term and short-term goals to help you focus on that direction? 
or is yeah. it more like no let's just get out here and do it like don't even don't even think about it just go out and do it or is there like some type of strategy oh. in what you do yeah it's, it's definitely both you need to have some type of strategy um and i think that's like why sometimes a partnership is good um my my partner is usually more on the uh, like ultra conservative side a little bit more negative um which is you know i always give them shit for it but it's actually probably a good thing. And then I'm the, on the totally opposite side and I'm pushing and I'm pushing and I'm like, no, we can do this. Well, let's do more. Let's do more. And you know, he's nervous. We're going to do this. And I'm like, no, we're going to make this. And like we normally, and for the most part, like I'm usually, and he would be happy about this. Like I'm normally on the side that like actually wins because we actually end up doing better than our projections. We, we normally like make bets on certain things like side bets mm-hmm. of like, all right, do you think we're going to make X dollars on one of these deals? Um, and so far, like I've won on every single one of them. So like my positiveness has prevailed. I was going to uh, say, does mindset, is mindset, not to cut you off, is mindset important in these decisions? Or is it more like you got to be like analytical and like, cause you seem like you're analytical with finance and stuff like that. Or is it more like, no, I got a good intuition here and my gut feeling that we're going to do yeah, it. Right yeah. My, it's both. It's really both. Like I'm, I've been doing sales for 10 years. Um, I've always been a good, at, good person at like reading the situation and reading people. And like, I don't just you know, I don't have a million friends. Like there's some people who have like, Oh yeah, I got 20 friends. I got like three friends. Right. Because I know who I want to be friends with and I stick with them and that's pretty much it. Right. So same thing here. Like I know when I feel a good deal, it's in my, it's in my gut. I know when something's right. I know when something's wrong, but then, then I've already now done this a few times for the last couple of years that I can then go back to my analysis and say, okay, does it fit the same criteria that the other ones fit? And if it does, we go for it. If it doesn't, we don't. So it's both. You need to have a plan. You need to have your strategic, you know, analysis on what everything. But at the end of the day, man, if I feel like it's a good idea and I think I can make money on it, I can make an impact somewhere, then I go for it. I don't, I don't like, that's, that's the one thing that I have that a lot of people are scared of. You talk to this about this all the time off, off camera, which is like, oh yeah, how do you just go do it? I'm like, I just do it. Like, that's it. And what happens if I fail? All right, then what? What's the worst case scenario? Okay. Then I got to make more money. I got to stay at my, my corporate job a little longer. Okay. No one died. It's okay. When you say impact, do you think that like sometimes it's, it's more than just the money, the impact? Well, you could sell something's going to make such an impact that you don't even think money first. It's like, oh, this is going to work out in life. So I'm going to go with it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I'm, I don't want to ever sound like, a, like a, I said it before, like Mother Teresa, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, it's not all about the, the money, right? It's not all about profit. Um, I have a, like when I flip these homes, I do get a sense of like, I don't, we don't cut corners. And I know a lot of flippers will say, Oh, we don't, we don't cut corners and whatever. There's a lot of snake. There's a lot of sharks in the water, right? Tons, a tons. Like, and there's, you know, all right, let's just put a piece of sheetrock up and let's hide it. Or let's do this. Like I do all these houses as if I was going to live in them myself. Hmm. Now, sure. Do I put in the the highest end chandelier? Do I put in the number one appliance that day? No, that's not, you can't, then you're not doing the, you're not running the business for the right reason. But like, you know, during, especially during these quarantine times, like I'm excited to do some of these houses now because I know that it's going to, it was a vacant house that was a piece of crap and now it's going to be a nice house. And now that someone from New York city can now move there or someone from Jersey city or Hoboken can now move West and like live in a house so that God forbid this, something like this happens again, they at least have a nice house to live in with a backyard and a deck and they don't have to be on top of each other and getting more sick and scared to touch an elevator button. Quick question before we get into the quarantine talk. Uh, would you ever consider like doing a celebrity promotion or co-sign with a celebrity to like, you know, like enhance people knowing about you, I guess, in a way, or is it like, you don't care. You'll just do you and do what you're doing. 
You know what I'm saying? Like there's a people who like come, there's a lot of the times I see like on uh, Instagram, I'll see like DJ Envy, he like combined with a real estate guy and they have like this whole networking team and do like these seminars and certain things like that. Is that something yeah. you'd ever be interested in or is it like, you just got to see? No, I, I've never, you know, besides like, this is not, to be honest, this is actually my first like real podcast type, type thing. Yeah. You um, said you like listening to him. You don't like doing yeah. it. Yeah. Like I'm normally happy to talk to anybody, you know, like I said, friend or friend can call me and I'll talk to them for 30 minutes about stuff. But I'm open for business for anything, man. Like if anything can help me reach my ultimate goal, which is not having to work and only working when I want to in 10, 15, 20 years, then I'll do whatever. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. That whole that concept is so difficult for people to understand. Like even comedian friends, like like get making money while you're not working technically, but you put the work in throughout the years. And even like old people, like if I told like old Italians that I know, my uncle, like, yeah, I'm gonna make money while I'm not working. He's gonna be like, what are you fucking crazy? Mm-hmm. Like, was it hard to tell family that? Or is it more like you show and prove them? And like, how do you like lead? You can't lead, you, you know what the saying is, you lead a horse to the water, but you can't make them drink it. But how do you like show these people, listen, it is possible, I'm proof here. This is what it uh, does, this is what it is. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I would say, to be honest, I actually don't care. I don't care if someone thinks of, you know, yeah, I tell my parents and my parents, like my dad has a pretty good business mind. My mom just wants me to be happy overall. Um, I don't care what anyone thinks. All right. That's not the way that you were taught to do it. Well, guess what? There's plenty of ways to, uh, to do things in life, right? You're Italian, right? And I'm Italian. And I know there's people like Italians out there who are like, you know, work to your like uh, 80 or whatever, 70, 60, retire, work the nine to five. And they don't understand the concept of like multiple streams yeah. of income and businesses. And, and then stuff. those those people die like five years later because they, they, yes. uh, they ran themselves into the ground. So yeah, I mean, yes, I'm sure as the generations ease up a little bit, it will, you know, it's a little bit easier to, um, for that, to them to understand that stuff. But I think like, you know, the foundation, even like I said, even Allie, who I like, she was always like, no, what do you mean? Like, you got to have the safe job. And like, you know, do the right thing. And I'm like, that's just what society has told us is the right thing to do. Right. But I think like over the last couple of years, I've shown that like proof of concept. And I said, listen, I'm not going to just like quit my job and up and make a company here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this on the side. It's going to be a lot more hours, but I have both going. So like, I always have my fallback. And now that like I've rolled for the last two years, I think the concept's there and like, okay, wow, he can do it. So now I've gotten to the point where I've now teetered. So yeah, I mean, it, the old school people might say that's not the right thing to do, but I'm still, it's not like I'm not putting money away on the side. It's not like I, I have, listen, I have five or six different streams of income right now. That's crazy. So, you know, yeah, sure. I'm going to lose. Can you, can you like name like examples or? Is yeah. That- yeah, no, it's not. No, not at all. So again, I have my corporate job. I have um, one, two, I have six multifamily homes. Um, that's crazy. I have. I have, you know, we do a flip whenever the flips come up and we can find a good deal. We're doing a few of those. Um, I'm a realtor. So again, I, friends, family, uh, networking, I've gotten a bunch of deals that way. Um, and then I have my uh, general contracting business and I have a property management business. See, it's interesting to you though. All your eggs aren't one basket, but they're related in the same field. And a guy like me, ADD brain and stuff, it's kind of hard to do multiple things like that. And a lot of people out there, if you, you know, six different things, but it seems like it all similar to the main goal, you know, but there's yeah, people yeah. out there who are like, what I would want to do comedian, multimedia personality, podcast, radio, which is all similar, but there's other people who can't have that mind frame or it's tough for them to put, uh, you know, that you want to just put their egg in one basket, not all over the place. Well, then that's why they're going to be in a tough situation right about now, aren't they? So the key is multiple things 
certain certain field that you're in like real estate but multiple ways to make an income with well, that the reason why i did that was because so i'll just give you a prime example of how everything ties together and why it makes so much sense right so um one of my workers um who i've given a, uh, some business to his brother um I was speaking to him about some of the stuff that we do. Like I said, just like I said, whenever I see you and hang out with you, I tell you about what, what I'm doing and I just, I'm open book. Um, you know, I'm not always going to give the figures, but like I'm an open book. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't so I ended up calling this guy, Hey, can you fix this? So-and-so thing in my house? Yeah. I'm like, he's like, Oh, well you, you just bought another house. I said, yeah, we need some, I need you to fix some stuff in the house. Oh, really? It's crazy. How'd you find another multifamily? Dude, I just, I, I'm always looking. I found it. Okay. He's like, dude, crazy. My brother, is looking to do this stuff pretty aggressively. Okay, let me talk to him. So long story short, now I have a really good relationship with these guys. And I ended up, I sold him three properties, literally at the same time. In one day, he closed on three properties. Um, he, I now manage all three of the properties because they're out in West Jersey, so they're pretty That's far fair. and he doesn't live there. And I've also done GC work on two or three of the properties. So between this one guy, I've now made, I made a real, real realtor commission. I've made a constant, consistent money flow, which is the property management money. And I made, we made some side money on the GC property. People so like people. Yeah. And now this guy only has to talk to one guy and I can service him on all of these different things. And now we're working on like bigger deals. Cause he, he's in like, he's in some kind of finance and he knows like a lot of different people there. And now, now I move on. So it's like, you know, I do wear a lot of different hats. And like, when I answer my phone, it's, hello, this is Justin, because I can't say, I don't know who it is. It could be a, a real work call. It could be, <laughs> it could be a, a realtor call. It could be a property management call. And then as soon as they tell me what they need, I then have to switch my brain to know what, why they're calling me. But like, Pretty for the awesome. most part, most part, it's going to be all in the same field. So I know, you know, like that I, what I need to be speaking about, cause I'm pretty versed in all of them. Does it ever get stressful? I was going to ask it later, but like, like unwinding on stress, like you got so much going on, managing time, managing every motions, everything. Like I know you told me you like to go to the gym and just beat the shit out of your body sometimes. But during exactly. the quarantine too, it's definitely tough because people sit around and it affects their mental health and like, you know, losing jobs and stuff. Like how do people stay sane in this time, I would say, and how do you, uh, you know, not get so stressed out during doing so, what you do? Yeah. So stress, I would say is probably the, is the most important thing out of this whole thing for me to manage. Yeah, um, so yeah, like, I've been, when, but when the gyms were open, I would usually just go and pop the, uh, the Stairmaster for like 15 minutes, maybe do a little quick workout and go right home. Just like getting that sweat out was really good. Um, so yeah, I mean, especially like when the baby was, um, she's over two years old now, but early on, like I wanted to be a hands-on father and be around. Plus I was doing all this stuff. It was really, really hard. A lot of stress. Um, now it's a little bit easier since the kid it knows kind of like what she's doing now. It's a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, it, that's the one thing like, it's still really, really tough to, you know, you just, that's why I had to stay so organized. If I was any less organized, I would blow my brains out because it'd be too much for me. Um, but it's like knowing when to scale back and then also knowing when to delegate. And I think that's a really big key is like, key. I, know, I know what jobs I need to do and I know what jobs I can delegate to somebody else. And I'm okay. Like, paying a little bit of money now because I'm now up and running like where I used to go and like try to like go to my tenant's house and like, Oh, maybe I can fix the toilet. I will never ever do that ever again. Now I pay a guy to go fix the toilet. I make one call. The tenant calls me, I call the guy and then I call them both. And I say, you guys coordinate with each other when you're going to go over to the house. 
right? Because that will, I'll, I'll kill myself with how much stress I would have if I had to go and do all these things. So now I don't. For people with their mental health and their quarantine and like how do they stay sane and all this stuff, again, you'll hear the same thing, keep a schedule and this and the other thing. But like I truly am, you know, we're all creatures of habit, right? So like I do the same thing every single day. Like I wake up, I go on my computer for like a half hour, then my daughter's up, I give her breakfast, we watch TV together. And then I go to, then I go up and I go into my, in my room and I start, you know, doing whatever work I have to do. Right. And you have to get outside. You have to get outside. You have to get some vitamin D in that body. You have to, you know, you got to do some kind of workout just because and like a lot of stuff, like a lot of leg workout, because that's where you'll get a lot of your, your, um, your stress will come out that way. Um, Like running or it's like, like a deadlifts and all that. I tip. Yeah. I find it like better when I'm doing like, heavy stuff and like a lot of squats and lunges and stuff like that. I'll feel a lot less stressed that way. Um, yeah. I mean, just like I said, keeping, keeping to a schedule and just know like it, this is, it can't last forever. And you know, like this, the, you, you might get it, you might not get it, but the, if you stay inside, you can't get it. That's just the guarantee. You can't get it that way, but just know like you have to make time for yourself. And it's a really weird time. I don't think anyone has the exact answer, but you need to find out what you do. And like, dude, just talk to people, call people, like figure out what it is. And like, I'm looking at this time as like, this is for me, it's like sad. Cause I, I kind of feel bad saying it, but like, this has been awesome for me. Um, like I get to be home with my family a lot more. Um, I can do a lot of these things that I've been looking to do for the last three years in my house. Like I raked the, I raked leaves the other day. I probably have never touched those leaves in the back behind a bush for the last three years that I've lived in this house. And I finally was like, all right, I can get to it now. And these are the kind of things that like, it's just, it's a good thing to get your little things in the house, you know, checked off. Yeah. Um, because guess what? I'll tell everybody this. You're never going to have this time ever again with your family, friends, um, or whoever's home with you, I guess I would say. You're never going to get this much time with them ever again, ever, until you're retired. And by that time, by the time I'm retired, I'm, my kids aren't going to want to be by me anyway. Trump, uh, he sounds like an idiot a lot of times in press conferences, but he did have a good point how this time can make people more depressed. So he wants people to, you know, the economy to start again and go out and stuff. And even Dr. Oz says this time does like, you know, hurt with depression and stuff like that. I could see it because people lose their jobs or in the house stuck around all day in a small condo, you know, or something like that in a city environment and they can't do shit and you just got your mind wandering all day. So it is tough. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, again, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I don't have all the answers. All I know is like how I can cope with it and everyone's going to have their own thing. Um, you know, but yeah, it, that's why I think you have, like, the more you can just sit outside, I think your life would be a lot better. Yeah. That's why, like, that's why sitting behind a desk, like, just in general, it could be, think about how depressed you are when it's, uh, it's June and you know all your teacher friends and everyone else who's off is at the beach and you're in New York City in a corporate, corporate world, corporate, corporate world and it's nine o'clock at night and you still didn't get to go home yet. That's pretty depressing too. Yeah. So I'm trying to avoid that. Do you uh, read any books? Like, you take time investing in your craft of real estate or whatever you like to do, your multiple streams of income? Like, do you read a lot or, like, especially uh, in quarantine? To be honest, I, you know, I think everyone always answers that question with, yeah, of course, I read a ton of books. Um, no, I, I probably can tell you I've only probably read 10 books in my entire life from cover to cover. Um, just being straight up, like, yeah, I've read, I have them all up, like, you know, the, the classic Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and like that one maybe kicked me off on some stuff. But like, to be honest, man, I already had all that, most of that in my brain already, like in my body, I already felt that way. I was already kind of doing that stuff anyway. So no, I mean, I listened to a few podcasts here and there, but no, like what my time reading is like, I want to read about like the Mets and the Jets because like, that's my downtime. So I don't need to keep t- talking about business and reading business on like a Sunday afternoon. Cause you that's something I'm interested in. 
Yeah. You think it's like an overload? Like you were saying to me on the phone before, like, yo, is there like such thing as too much content? Like sometimes I feel like I actually go on a YouTube hole and watch too much on how to do something and not do it myself. A hundred percent. And that's, again, I think that's where one of my advantages is because I, I don't overthink many things. Like I don't think I'm the smartest guy. I'm not the dumbest guy, but I just, when I, I'm like, all right, yeah, it seems like a pretty good idea. Let's, let's go and do it. What are we waiting for here? So yeah, I, I don't get down rabbit holes. Um, that just freaks me out. I'm like, yeah, too much content. I, I, you can't, there's always too much content. on. You don't there. Got ADD. What's that? You don't got ADD. No, not yet. I'm sure. I'll, I'm sure. I'll, I'm sure I'll get it at some point. I'll, I'll somehow get it. But no, I, I stay pretty focused and then I can move on to what I need to do. What about opportunities in the quarantine? Cause like I was in, I was, this actually like, I was, it was wild to me. Cause like, uh, you come off like a shrewd business guy in a way, not to be mean. I'm just saying like, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like doggy dog mentality, doggy dog world. I feel like you have some of that in you, like not a bad thing, but yeah. at the same time you have empathy and you have a heart and you get, you give back to people and stuff like that. I don't know if you want to talk about that, but like, it's very interesting to me because if people like selling sanitizers and selling masks for like high prices and like scammy entrepreneur styles. And you are against that. Yeah, and cool. some people I talk to are like, no, bro, it's a it's capitalist society. It's, that's what it's about. And it's, it's interesting. Cause like, I was like, damn, that's what I want to talk to you. I'm like, dude, he's good at business and has a heart. You don't really see that a lot. And a lot often, unless you're already successfully rich and famous, but like you're yeah. on the come up and making good money and you have a good heart and empathy. Yeah. So I guess not to be mean about being saying, no, no. I mean, I actually take that as a compliment. So you don't, that's not mean at all. Um, so I guess a few things on that. So the first thing is, yeah, I think it's bullshit. I mean, again, if you want to make a little bit of extra money on, on these times, go right ahead. And like, yeah, I'm, I am doggy dog in business. And even in life, I am like the way I look at it. And again, it could be, it could be looked at as mean, but like at this point in time, if you're now newly getting coronavirus and you are, not an essential worker and you can literally work at your house and you do not have to leave and then you get it. I'm really sorry. I can't feel bad for you. I just can't, I can't get around my brain to feel bad for you because yeah, you have now been warned for over a month that this is a very serious thing. Okay. Now to my next point, I do care about what I'm doing because again, I'm not on earth. I'm on earth to like be a good person, like help people out and whatever it is. Um, so like when some of my tenants potentially are like, Hey man, you know, I'm, I can, I can try to pay. I think I can pay the rent. Like I've been working with them all. Like for the most part, they're all paying as of right now, as of April. Um, but like, who knows where that can change, right? I'm a, I'm helping them, you know, work up with getting unemployment. I'm helping them on payment schedules. Like I don't just tell them, no, you don't have to pay rent because again, like I'm not big enough where I can just say, Oh yeah, don't pay me rent. Like I have to pay the mortgage at some point. You can't just not pay. Um, but like I'm working on payment plans with all of them because who can't pay it right away because I understand that this takes a little bit longer. So it's fine. Um, and then like at the end of the day, some of them are like, we can't, you know, we're, we're struggling a little bit. I asked, I called all of them and I said, how are you doing with food? Uh, you know, we're running a little low. It's like, you know, we're, some of us are nervous to go out to the store. So like I went the other day, I threw a mask on, I was already going for my family and I just spent a couple hundred dollars or like 150 bucks on, uh, on food for them. That's, that's Good. legit, man. And that, that's a tough pill to swallow. That's tough for someone to say, Hey, I don't have money to afford groceries right now. You know what I mean? So like that, and you helping them out. Like, that's real. But it's, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow, but going back to like my communication and like, I guess, management type skills, I have the relationship with everybody that they feel very comfortable coming to me. That's yeah. Nice. I'm going to be a hard ass on them when they don't pay the rent on a normal month. And I'm going to be like, dude, I'm the one that puts the roof over your head. You have to pay me first. You don't want to pay Verizon. All right, fine. Don't pay them right away. But like, you have to pay me. I'm the one that lets you have a roof over your head. Right. 
But at the same time, like, so they feel okay with that because I call them direct. I didn't text them. I call them and I say, like, how are you doing? What's going on? Are you healthy? And like, when they're like, yeah, you know, like we're trying to get our food like that, that money, this money doesn't, doesn't mean anything to me. Like, why am I going to make all this money doing all this stuff? If, if my tenants can't eat, like, what's the point of that? How are you going to pay rent if you can't eat right physically? Like, so yeah, I mean, people don't give a shit about their tenants. That's what I'm saying. Well, that's, that's, and again, I'm not saying these, these are my best friends because I'll never be friends with my tenants, but I need, I need the tenants to eat food. I mean, it's, and it's essential. It's the same reason why I think everyone should have like pretty equal or like fair health benefits because these things won't happen if that was, if they, everyone had something relatively equal. Now, without getting into any, all the political stuff, like that's just the basis of, 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 of the world. Everyone should have a roof over the head, have a way to get medicine and should be able to eat. Like my kid can eat whenever she wants. Why can't, because my tenant put themselves in a bad situation. Why should their kid be, you know, in a rough spot in that regard? That's another great topic about like generational wealth or generation, generational having toxic environment or being a toxic person. And it's like passed down to people. It's another real situation. I see it with like who I rent to and like, just, you know, I know that I was lucky to be born into the family that I was born into. By no means were we rich at all. Like my, my parents had to work very hard and they were poor growing up. So like, I'm like, I guess a one generation removed from being poor, but at the same time, like, yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to see, but that's why like, you know, I, you try to help out where you can. What about letting decisions affect you? Like you were like, you know, if they don't like any example in life, like I think there's times where I'll let a de- decision fuck my whole day up in a way, you know what I mean? And like, I'll think about the past and not the present moment or future. Do you have that issue or what do you do to like a solution for that? Um, like letting a decision affect you. Like, you know, you do something, you know, you felt like you were a dick. You're like, Oh fuck, was I a dick? And then get anxiety about that. Or like, just like a certain business decision that didn't go right. Or it's, you didn't like it. And you're just constantly on your goddamn mind. Yeah, uh, yes and no. Again, I'm very okay with saying sorry. And that like, that's more like on the personal level. I I'm sure I can say uh, a dick thing to somebody, whatever it is. But again, I have no problem. Like I usually try like now what I try to do is I try to like, go away from the situation for about 10 minutes or so. And then I'll come back and be like, yeah, wow, I did, did not mean to do that. You know, sorry about that, et cetera. Um, but from a business perspective, I don't normally second guess many things or look back like, oh man, we really should have sold that house for 460,000 instead of 450. Like to me, that's, that's almost like greedy. Like, dude, we, we sold the house, we made money, we're okay. Yeah, sure, we should have sold it for a little bit more, but that's just life in the business. Like I'm, I don't dwell on things like that and look, look back. Cause to me, that's like bad karma, like looking kind of greedy. And I just, that's not, I'm not about that. What about like, I talked about quarantine opportunities in a bad way, like hand sanitizers, masks, people raising the prices up, uh, price gauging and all that. What about like for creatives or any advice for like, cause we got a lot of listeners who are comedians, entertainers, like opportunities in entertainment or in real estate, whoever's listening real estate wise uh, through, through this quarantine. Cause it's hard to make money right now and do stuff. So you got any advice on that? So I, I think this is a time to stop. Listen, if you can eat and like, you can still pay your rent, that's, that's something different. If you can't, then like literally do anything you can to, to make it for this like next couple months or so. Right. Long-term, this is the perfect time to actually start building whatever you actually need to build. Like for example, um, and just not to, trying to keep it to the creative and like the comedian side, like this is might be a time to like create a new page start working on your craft, um, like things that you were normally, normally scared to do, like doubling down, double down. Like this is the time because everyone's kind of like at a pause right now. So this is your time to really figure out what you need on like the real estate side. Like 
right now I'm like stockpiling as much line of credits as I possibly can right now from the banks that are giving them out. Um, like, so I'm talk, talking to every major bank and like, I can get a line of credit to fund my, uh, my businesses. Right. So like, these are things that take about a month to close on. So this is a perfect time for me to start doing this stuff so that when the, we get out of this and like, maybe people might foreclose or people might be like, um, they might, again, there are a bunch of different things that can happen. I'm going to be the guy at the end of the, at the end of the bridge waving, be like, Hey, I have the money. I can buy this stuff. And I'm going to take advantage mm-hmm. of that stuff. Like the people who were 10 and 15 years old to me took advantage of it in 2007, eight and nine and 10. I was, I was still in college. And so I didn't have any money then. Now, you know, fast forward, we're 10, 11 years later. Now I can take advantage of that stuff. Do you think uh, there's going to be some issues with this quarantine and the coronavirus, like uh, financially in the stock market and also just like for everybody employed? Yeah, there has to be. <laughs> there's, there's no way around it. Um, Recession? Um, yeah, I think there has to be something. Yeah. I, again, I'm, I'm not the one that I don't know who deems it a depression versus a recession. I uh, read something Bloomberg. There's articles. There's they did like some si- like graph, and there's a hundred percent chance of a recession. It's got to be. I mean, the way that I look at this is the following. Kind of crazy. I, yeah. and not to cut you off, uh, I want to get one more point in. I don't understand how companies go broke after two weeks of just not working, like airlines, hotels. How people rely They're so lying. much on people. They're lying. Crazy. These these billion dollar companies have plenty of cash. What were you getting into? I'm sorry for cutting you off. No, it's okay. It's no problem. What I was basically saying from how I look at this is it, it all depends on how much longer this is, right? We're in New York and New Jersey. We've got hit by far the hardest. And of course, because like, why not? You know, Hurricane Sandy and 9-11 wasn't enough. Like why the train line coming in, like all the commuters from New York, it's like getting yep. it, you know. Right. So, so it's not killing everybody everywhere, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is, yeah, there's been you know, millions and millions of job loss, there's still millions and millions and millions of people who have jobs, right? So try to always look at things positively. Exactly. The way that I look at it is by the time this is over now, this, if this extends to like July, August, September, then we're in some bad shape. But if we can kind of get this kind of back to normalcy within the next month or two, the federal money and the state money has, will prop everybody up enough where they didn't take too, too much of a loss. So the people who still have jobs right now, they were still, they're still looking to buy houses. I have plenty of people who are still looking to buy houses, do this whole thing, but no one's selling their houses, right? So that's the one thing. There's, so, once this, so say we come out of this and it's like the end of June and we're pretty much back to normal or July, things are going to pop, crazy pop the next couple months. Some tell me, no, it's going to be slow, a slow pot. Like, I think everyone's going to go travel, go really hard, you know, right off the bat. I think everyone's going to go pretty hard because, again, most people – had this money to prop them up. They wasn't like they were, they didn't take major, major pay cuts. Now, again, this is only if it doesn't take forever. If this is only, a, if you only didn't have a job for three months, again, you're, you're, and you were getting fed this federal money and you were getting unemployment, you're not too, too far behind, right? So if you were, if you still have your job and you were already looking to buy a house or looking to do a lot of stock work in February, that didn't just change now unless you lost your job. Right. So when everyone's come back, it, I, that's how I see it. And then yeah. there will be some type of recession because eventually that money will then will go away from all the federal money. And they, it's all this backlog of money that everyone has to put out. And now that's when people are going to start losing their houses, et cetera. But do you think it's more or less the panic that happened? Because how could you be a top company, right? And then cut all your departments like social media, I guess, because they think, look at it as like a luxury social media, you know, but social media was one of the biggest jobs out. Now an entrepreneur is telling me that sanitation management will be the biggest job out after this office cleaning, everything like that. Everything changes. Everything changes. That's why it's the, you know, some things are the flavor of the month. Two weeks though. You lose a job after two weeks. Isn't that crazy? Like 
just two well, weeks everyone was cutting I, jobs? I think it's I think the I think the larger companies are using this as a way to lay off dead weight or people wow. who who didn't need this anyway. It's a very easy thing to say. Sorry, pal, like, you know, due to corona, can't can't keep you on. The radio it's industry a sucks. Yeah, it's a it's a very easy thing to to blame, right? It's a very it's much it's much bigger uh, bigger thing to swallow to blame it on that versus hey, like we just weren't doing as well, so we need to make you know a thousand cuts. Hey, we we can't pay you because we of coronavirus. It's, it's not, my, yeah. I was gonna say this goes to my next question, um, pretty much like because I'm a radio. It's pretty much shit from this, and you're realizing everyone who's a radio personality or media personality could do it themselves in their house, podcasting or TV or other stuff and building their own brand. I think personal brand is important. You would say, right. And your business brand. Uh, like what is, what do you think the situation is with that? Like, how will that pan out? Like people in certain jobs like that? I know, you know, probably people in media and everything like that. Yeah. So again, I, I think it, I always try to look at everything positively, right. It might hurt some things, but then it, it's really going to maybe promote, other sides of things, right? So maybe um, more podcasts are coming on, or something. Something. Else. Listen, every single no stand-up comedy. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Or maybe there's going to be a different wave of something else. Like just because, like Sears went. I give this. Like Sears went out of business. Okay, Toys R Us went out of business. Okay. Well, now what? Something's going to either go back in that store, or they're going to turn that into something else. Like this has been going on for hundreds of years. That like different things have happened. Right? Do you think so, more work at home though? Type things now. I think commercial is screwed commercial real estate is very screwed yes gotcha um i overall like i think that's going to take the number one hit out of anything because like why do you need office space now for what reason and i've been saying this for a long time why do i need office space there should be that's why even though we work was in such a bad spot for so long the last like year or so with all these bankruptcies and all this other crap i think this is actually going to help them because now it's going to go wow we don't need this 50 person office i'll have this half of the office come in on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I'll have this office come in on Mondays and or on Thursdays and Fridays and nobody comes in on Wednesday. Right. And now you have, you can put an office of 50. You can only have, you can downsize to an office of 25 in a WeWork and only have half the employees there at, at any given time. It's like playing the part though, having that office looking luxury, you know, too. I don't know how much, I don't think, I think this will show that it's not actually that important. Yeah. It's funny because in comedy, the opposite's happening where the richer comedians are building homes or home studios are doing it from their home, like a studio and just putting content out nonstop. Don't need the tour. Don't need stand-up comedy. Or they're buying uh, certain real estate properties and making studios there like your Joe Rogan's or your Andrew Schultz's and they're just sitting in the bunker creating content during coronavirus. Yeah. You know, um, again, I think that's tough for the smaller guys, right? Because exactly middle of the road, smaller guys, no exposure guys like me, you know, but you're trying to make a m exposure, make moves, you know, it's tough for the middle of the pack and the, the smaller guys. Cause it's like the rich get rich or the poor get poor type mentality. Um, again, and the way I look at it is work harder, do more, figure something else out. Like, yeah, sure. You want to cry and be a baby about it. Then yeah, you're going to continue to be this middle of the road guy. But like, not everyone date some these other these big guys became. It's not like it's not like when your um, like your father was like extremely rich, right? And like handed you all this stuff. It's not like you know how 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 many comedians were like handed down a position, <laughs> like that doesn't happen. All right, yeah, this father was really really funny, so like now his son can also do it. Yeah, I'm sure it happens like what point zero 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 one percent. But like overall, like you everyone has to always make a new name for themselves. So like figure it out, do something different change it up. This is a perfect time during the quarantine to figure something else out. 
like you said though, people want to care about you. Like you want, you want it, you got to be known first. That's the main thing. That's the toughest part, but it, yeah. it's true. Yeah. Again, man, I'm not, I, I can't speak to like, I'm not the, the big social media guy to get your name out there, but like, I'm sure there's different things you could do. Go, go in the middle of the street and perform uh, a comedy show to, uh, <laughs> to all your neighbors. That's I don't know. Funny. I'm making it up. But like, if you live in a, in a complex, go ahead and do it. I'm going to put, do a free comedy show. Outside. No, it's funny to get your perspective on these things because you're not a professional in that uh, avenue, but you know what you're doing with the business aspect. Yeah. So. I would do. I would figure something else out. Like again, I would go outside in the middle. If I was a big comedy guy, I want to be a stand-up comedian. I'd stand in the middle of the street and I would get a speaker and I would say, "All right, everybody, here, I'm going to do a free show for you. I'm pretty funny, but you have to like post me and do you know hashtag me, whatever the, whatever these it's hashtags." Funny because a lot of these fuckers don't want to utilize social media, and now they see how important social media is to engage yeah. with an audience you can only go to so many uh comedy clubs you can't go to shit now you know i, know. Crazy. I, know. So, I was gonna say before we wrap it up uh when does one know when to fully go in on their dreams or business and like cut out the uh, corporate job or something that you know you don't want to do because just like you said like people are losing jobs and like you got to cut the middleman out etc and just like focus on building your own personal brand in a way yeah i would say you'll know when you know um everyone's it, different it's every, it's different. Cause listen, it, it, how much money do you want to make or how happy do you want to be or whatever it is? It, it is different, but you'll know exactly when you feel like you're, you can't handle it anymore. It's too much work. And then you'll know to do it. Or it might even be like a life event. Hey, I want to make sure that I have another kid by the time I leave my corporate job. Like I want to have two kids or three kids. And then once I have that, then I will feel like I can leave that corporate job. Right. Um, there's, there's a million different things. So I can't give a pinpoint answer, but, um, I think you'll always know when you know the, the right time. And I, again, you just make it, you make yourself successful by doing both. If you can do both, you're again, it's probably been one of the hardest things I've ever done. So, um, you'll know when the time is to move on. Yeah, you don't have time to shit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> or no, you work when you shit. How about that? Well, that's um, the phone's good. I know with me and not to make it about me, I don't have a, if I don't have a passion for something, a part, like a part of the, it's hard for me to get it going, a part of the process. But I know that not every part of the process you're extremely passionate about what you do, but like the main goal or end thing, or I have to love what I'm doing in a way. I know, I know it's crazy, but like, you know, you just said something important to me because you're like, how do you want to measure your happiness or your money? I know like you need a certain amount of money to survive and make and be successful. Like that would be awesome as well, but I would balance that happiness. I, I wouldn't want to be I wouldn't, I would want to make $3 million and be happy. Right. I wouldn't give a fuck if I was depressed and made $5 million. I wouldn't want that. You know what I'm saying? Like what's the difference between two extra million dollars at that point? That's a hundred percent. I'd rather, and I always say this, like I can make, if I want to be like a big time sales guy, I'm sure I can make $500,000 a year and work from, you know, go to the city and come home at eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, every single day, never see my daughter never hang out with my wife. I can do that. Sure. I'm sure I can. I, I know I can actually, or I'm okay making half that and it being mostly po passive. I don't have to go to the city. I'm in Jersey. I hang out with my family. I go to job sites to me. Like, so I don't know what that number is, but I just know the feeling of what the difference is. So I don't, again, it's not all about money. Like, yeah, I love money, but I like, I also like freedom and I like to be able to do what I want to do. I interviewed someone, I think Charlamagne, he said people only see, some people only see opportunity when there's a paycheck involved. And he's like, sometimes he doesn't even make his decisions based on money per se, but like happiness is in the long haul, like building your own brand, putting yourself on. That's yeah, like, it's, a good, it's a good point. What are your, uh, on, like one of the final questions I ask about, is it passion over profit? And like, what are your keys to success? So it's two questions, technically. Is it passion over profit? 
I know it's tough for you as a business guy. A lot of people could say profit in that field. A lot of creatives say passion because the money comes when you're good at it, they say. But a lot of entrepreneurs is a profit more or less, but they like doing what they do. And then the next one is keys to success. Passion over profit. That's tough, man. It's my uh, go-to. Like, yeah. Ender. Yeah, that's, uh, that's going to – I guess that wavers. Um, yeah. Almost 50-50. And I, I know I don't want to give that answer, but it's almost 50-50 because – I can see that. The family side's passion for sure. Yeah, they, they, they go so – I mean, you know me personally, right? So they go so hand-in-hand hand that I only – all right, this will be the better answer. I only do and care about the profits because it lets me have more of my passion. What was, your, what was your other question? Like basically your keys to success. Like a lot of people listen to this and like, even me, I'm listening to it, You're talking about like credit lines and all this shit that sounds so fucking hard, but maybe it's not as hard, like simple Google search and like you yep. going over people's houses, have to do plumbing sounds stressful, like all this whole situation. But like, if you break it down, what are your keys to success that you actually think that will help someone listening to this, even not even in real estate, but just in life and like getting themselves better at time management wise or in yeah. entertainment or everything, you know, your universal, your universal laws that you think could help people. Sure. Um, I making these kind of off the cuff, but, um, stop Googling and pick up the phone, call somebody that's done what you're looking to do and ask them to like mentor mentorship in a way. Yeah. Like just, and, and that's a big one, like asking and figuring it out and experiencing everything for the first time or second time is so much more important than, um, than anything. Like none of the stuff that I said today, is hard. And I, and the funny thing is you're like, it sounds complicated. It does sound complicated, but I'm telling you you got to go do the process once. And then it is so easy to do, but it's, you have to have the balls, which I, that's my one trait that I feel good about. Like leaving this call is like, I have big balls and I can go do a lot of these things. It's not even risk. These are all very, very, very calculated risks. I'm not taking huge jumps here. I'm not investing $500,000 and hoping to make a little bit. Like these are all very calculated risks. So you take your time, you, and my whole biggest thing is buy the first house, buy a house and then leverage your house from there. And you get a line of credit. You literally call a bank. Can I get a line of credit? Okay. How do I do that? I apply for it. Okay. And then you can, they, you'll have your stash of money to go do whatever you want to do. So that's my first thing. Save enough money to buy a house, buy a house. And then you have all this money. You can leverage your house as a, as a, as a credit uh, source to do it. It's really, really simple. Um, and just like, again, just, Call somebody and ask, like someone who you know has done it, call. Call me. I don't care. You heard him call him. Call me. And then also on your point, Gary Vee was saying, don't buy a house. Like people buy houses and it's not a good investment. I guess they were saying multifamily is a better investment. And then Grant Cardone was saying, don't have money in the bank, buy a house. Like when you hear these like, for, like famous people doing, saying direct opposite things, like what's your take on that? Like you take it with a grain of salt. And like, you don't give a shit about their opinion or what do you, what do you take? Those two guys specifically have, you know, they're fine. I have no issue with them. They've made a really good brand for themselves. Um, I can only speak to what I've done and what I did was very easy. Um, you know, not as easy, like it's not as easy as, uh, riding a bike at this point, but like I did it. It's not hard. Anybody can do what I do. It doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. It doesn't happen overnight, but at the same time, I, yeah, I mean, I personally am on the, the foundation of like, you buy a house, you can buy a, buy a multifamily house. I don't care what you do, buy something because now you have, you have leverage. You have something that you can leech off of. You have a spot, like you already have to pay for rent unless, 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 unless you have no idea where you ever want to live. And there are some circumstances where you should rent and whatever the case is, but um, I don't get too bogged down by these other people. That's why, like, that's why I said, pick up the phone, stop Googling. It goes to the same, same result. It's like, stop listening to a million podcasts every single second. 
uh, stop watching a million YouTube videos. So hard content overload, such a thing out here. No, well that's, I don't do it. That's maybe why I'm a little focused. Like I've watched more TV during this quarantine in a month than I promise you that I've watched in three or four years. That's crazy. Cause I just don't, I don't do it. I'm like, all right, cool. I got to stay focused. I want to play. I want to hang out. I want to, you know what it means? Like, so yeah, it's a, it's a weird situation. Um, but yeah, that's, so just none of this stuff is that hard. yeah, none of this stuff is that hard. If you just stay a little focused and like, you just make a, make a move, just make a move. That's like, just do something. Don't just stick and do nothing. Like what, what are we living on earth for? Do something with what you have. Did you plan all this though? Or is it like, oh shit, this hit and I'm going to stick with it. You know what I'm saying? Cause you're like, just go do it. So sometimes things you never know, like for example, like say if someone became a YouTube, fam- got YouTube famous, didn't want to be, they want to be a comedian. They're like, oh fuck, I'm going to stick with it. It's making me money and I'm huge. It's like, is the same thing happened to you in a way or no? You like, knew um, I knew it. I always wanted to do multifamily. Gotcha. I knew like, not always, not unless I was five years old, but like once yeah. I kind of like knew, like I was, you know, 18, 19, 20, like I knew that's what I wanted to do. And then all the other businesses kind of spawn from that flipping. Then the G okay, I'm flipping houses. Now I have, I might as well get my GC license. I'm already doing the work. Might as well. I'm really good at sales. Let me sell some jobs. Okay. Then it turned into, all right, I'm really good at managing properties for myself. Why can't I manage properties for other people? Right. So these things just kind of spawn off each other. And like you said earlier, they're all in the same realm, but they, yeah, I mean, so I knew one of the things I want to do, but the other things kind of just came from it. And I it's ran inspiring it. to people because it shows you like, literally you learn more like street knowledge and stuff. I'm not knocking the education system, but you learn more in your own life without, without the degree. It didn't mean shit really. And then your day job probably helps you with some things you're doing now, but at the same time, it's like you learn more at building your own brand and business and anything. Yeah. I, I can't confidently look at my daughter's eyes when she gets older and say, you have to go to college. I, I just, I can't do it. I, there's no way I would say, listen, like if you want to do it, tell me why you want to go to college. If you want to go to college just cause it's a fun experience, that's fine too. But like, I need to know that because there's no real reason why, like the, the piece of paper helped me get my first job, but like, I probably didn't need that degree to become an inside salesperson. Isn't it right? crazy how we're part of the system? We don't know it, but then you like learn as you go on. Yeah. No, the, like you said, the rat race, man. Not, it's all what you've been taught because if, listen, if everyone had our, our mentality that didn't want to go work nine to five, who the hell would work in these companies? I, n- I never learned this shit in high school. I wish I, they taught credit, how, you know, rent, the uh, renting and all that. Yeah. Everything. They taught fucking algebra too for no reason. I'm hoping, I'm hoping they have like a, a real world class. I'll teach it. That'd be great. Get me in there. Yeah. So this is my man, Justin. Donnarumma. <laughs> we He's did it. The man. Uh, did it. Uh, promote everything, your social media stuff and everything. Yeah, so we got um, we got Rampo Property Group. That's the GC business. Um, you can find that on on Instagram and Facebook. When you say GC, general contracting, right? General contractor, yes. Um, Rampo Property Group LLC. Um, check our reviews out on Google. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, my personal is Jdonna13. Um, I don't post too much on there, as we talked about throughout this uh, interview. Um, but maybe I will from the interview. Maybe I'll start, you know, doing some other stuff, but that's more like my personal stuff. See my kid jump around with bubbles. Um, and then you have uh, my business side. You just can see a lot of pictures of the houses that we we're doing and any other GC jobs that we do. Yeah. I'm saying it. The men- that's dope. I'm saying the mentality that you have, it's like, I don't think it hurts to do social media whenever you want. Yeah. I know you no, it doesn't. It doesn't. That's why I have, I have Allie pretty much run it now. My wife run it because you she's better at it. Now. She's doing it. Yeah. If you share the story like, hey, like, you know, $20,000 thing's crazy or like someone learning the game, like teaching them, if you help one person, I feel like that helps so much, you know? Yeah. I can no, see right. more than the money for you, you know, but it helps. Yep. 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 Definitely. 